Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 26. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Mark Carabin. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, we are both in the throes of the Arctic uh, tundra surviving, mm-hmm. but we're staying warm by playing video games and shoveling snow. Yeah, <laughs> shoveling snow definitely uh, definitely keeps the blood flowing, although it sounds a little counterproductive, uh, counterintuitive, because you're outside in the cold. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, the action uh, of, of shoveling immense amounts of snow it definitely uh warms you up um yeah and there's there's apparently more coming tomorrow so it's just the never-ending hoth winter it's it's fantastic yes it makes us appreciate uh summer in minnesota and the far reaches of atlantis uh in the winter yes yeah yeah it's it's hard to swim when the water's all frozen it kind of is. I mean, I mean, ice fishing is a thing people do. I do not. Yep. But, you know, it's it's very popular. Uh, it gets a little bit dangerous at the end of the winter because people leave trucks on the ice and they go in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all you always hear about that, at least, uh, you know, once a year towards the spring. It's, uh, you know, this truck fell in, this car fell in or oh, yeah. uh, worse, you know, this person fell in. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely a common occurrence. Yeah, yeah. So we it's been about two weeks since we talked, and I wanted to bring something up, Mark, because this made me think about it. Um, we talk, we'll talk about uh, video game delays, but one video game delay that's happening that we talked about a game we're excited about is Gods and Monsters. And this made my brain churn. And I thought, what if this game is actually revealed at E3 at Ubisoft's booth and... Someone from Nintendo shows up. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like someone called Sakurai. And this game is actually a Kid Icarus game. Oh. Oh, you think they're re, uh, rebranding, reworking it to, uh, to to fit more into a Nintendo IP? I think it could work because they've already shown they can work well together. You know, I think mm-hmm. Rabbids and, and plus Mario was successful. And I think people want to see franchises on the Switch that are exclusive from third party members. I think this is a great way to do it. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the thought of, oh, this looks like Breath of the Wild. Well, if Nintendo's involved, maybe they can take an alternate approach to it i thought that was kind of a cool idea it's obviously just a fever dream on my part but considering we've seen nothing of this game really there's nothing to say it couldn't i think that's a really interesting idea and uh you know there's been a lot of talk about starlink lately where it was on sale over the holidays and people were wondering if uh for seven dollars the physical edition would would make the uh the the charts for the sales charts i don't think it did but uh for that for that price, like I, I sent a copy to my nephew just because I thought he'd he'd dig the kind of spaceship aspect of it and Star Fox and whatever. Uh, but I could see them doing something like that because they have announced that this game's coming to everything. So I wonder if it would be Ooh. bad on them to to yeah. pull it back and say, no, you know what? We were, you know, JK and LOL, it's not coming to PS3 or PS4 and, and uh, Xbox One and PS5 and uh, Super Xbox and wherever. Uh but what if if the Nintendo version was that definitive version, just like Starlink, that came with something extra, that came with that Kid Icarus uh, skin, that 
um, extra missions, whatever that that kind of tied it into a Nintendo IP, just kind of like Starlink did. I think that could be a really cool approach uh, if they didn't want to go full out of you know, we're canceling this on other platforms. It's going to be a Nintendo exclusive. We're reskinning the whole thing, uh, like Star Fox Adventures or something like that. Uh, but that could be a really cool approach too. I think uh, I think there's a couple of ways to do that. But uh, I, I would definitely get that game on Switch over Xbox if that were the case. I like our collaboration because you you put out something I totally forgot. Yes, this is coming out to every console, so yeah, it puts a, a fly in the ointment of doing this for everybody. But you're to your point, the 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 the, the version of um, Starlink that people really talked about was the Nintendo version, um, and having that extra content and the specific uh, focus on Star Fox and a version people were really happy with. Mm-hmm. I, this is even better, Mark. So thank you. And um, the fact now that I mean. Starlink came out, what, two years ago and, you know, got reduced to price and everything like that. But now look how big the Switch is and how many people could play that game now. I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I mean, Starlink definitely had its own problems. Uh, The Toys to Life thing, I think, was kind of botched because it was... I don't know about you, but here the 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 extra ships and stuff were a little hard to find. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe slightly overpriced, whatever, and and... Who wants a bunch of toys of of generic spaceships that you don't really have any attachment to? I think if they they expanded that and it was, uh, let's say, Star Wars or more heavily into Star Fox or something like that, they they could have done more. Uh, and the game had its own little problems of f- frustrating, weird little hiccups and stuff. But uh, overall, I thought it was an interesting idea. And I think without a toys to life aspect, and just have different versions. Uh, you know, similar to, um, oh, what was the uh, what was the fighting game with uh, with Link in it? And that was the best one, uh, Soul, oh, Soul Caliber. Yeah, uh, you know that that extra little push uh, would I think be be really interesting. And I mean, you could do that with uh, the other consoles and have you know someone from Xbox or someone specific to uh, PlayStation or something like that. You know throw in someone from uncharted into it and, you know, have them kind of explore or whatever. Uh, so th- there are interesting ways to do it without just, uh, putting it just on Nintendo. But I think having a definitive edition on Nintendo with, uh, with that could be really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, every version having a unique thing that happens on their console, you know, uh, I think it could be fantastic. So I guess we'll see. I just thought that was a cool idea. Um, obviously, uh, we'll talk more about delays uh, going on. But I mean, I hope when that game mm-hmm. does get reintroduced that I think the delay, w- I hope the delay was worth it. And we are excited to play that this year. Um, so, Mark, we're going to, you know, we have not been playing a lot. We didn't talk about what we were playing last week, but I mean, we should really reengage on that. So what have you been playing? Uh, what's been keeping you occupied? Uh, the, the newest thing I guess is, uh, Astral Chain. I picked this up, uh, over just after the holidays, after I, I got some, um, some eShop cards and that kind of stuff. And I, I can't remember if I mentioned it last time that I was, I had just purchased it and I'm going to get more into it, but, uh, I've been putting some time into Astral Chain and really enjoying it. Kind of sad that I missed it the first time around. But glad that I'm playing it now when I don't have too much else on my plate and I can really enjoy it for what it is. Uh, it is an anime ass kind of game. It is uh, <laughs> off the wall. The, the you know things just don't make sense and 
you just have to say, okay, that's how this is, or okay, that pseudo-scientific anime explanation of what's going on here is just what I need to accept to enjoy this game. And uh, once you do that, though, it it is so much fun. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. The combat's really solid. The the story, like I said, even though it is uh, super anime esque, uh, is enjoyable. Um, it's it's a really solid game and, and a Nintendo exclusive that I think a lot of people may have missed. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about this lately and say, hey, I'm finally getting around to Astral Train. I'm finally checking this out. So I, it, it seems like I'm not the only one in this, uh, hey, I missed this mindset. And I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's really solid. So if you haven't checked it out, you're looking for a good Switch exclusive, this is the one. Yeah, I really want to play it. It's on my pile of shame. I played a little bit on Gamefly, and I'm like, oh, I want to try other games. So I sent it back. I think it's a perfect game that they just need to get a sale on. Uh, it wasn't on sale really yeah. over the holidays, so I think if they can no. get a good price, you know, 20 or 30 bucks, I think, is the right price point for this game because I think it's not, you know, an epic game, but it is mm-hmm. a platinum-ass platinum game. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much so. Um when I look at things like uh, something I'm, I'm considering buying this weekend, uh, if right now, the Devil May Cry series, uh, the first two games are available on Switch, and just in general, they're discounted 25%. But if you pre-order uh, Devil May Cry 3, you can get the other two for 50% off each. And uh, those kind of price points, I think they're they're in Canada anyway, like 25 bucks a piece, maybe. Um so I think a little bit more than that would still be a sweet point for uh, for Astral Chain, but uh, for that those kind of prices, the Devil May Cry series is uh, is incredibly enticing right now. And I was actually thinking about picking up uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare and, and uh, starting to get into that because I've heard some people say some really really good things about that and uh, and with the cross play and all that kind of stuff uh, it seems enticing but uh, devil may cry might be pulling my wallet a little bit in that direction this weekend so it's uh we'll see we'll see what uh, distracts me for the next couple of weeks but right now it's astral chain i have been playing a tiny little bit more of pokemon just uh i guess a little hyped up after the expansion pass was uh, was announced the dlc i haven't pre-ordered the dlc but uh, i wanted to fire up pokemon again and just kind of go through and kind of keep leveling up my team and play around with my team and see which Pokemon I've missed and, and go try to catch some, uh, catch them all basically. So, uh, I'm dipping a little bit back into that too. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, I will give you a, uh, warning (laughs) on devil may cry too, Mark. It is a horrible game. It's not good. Okay. Everybody acknowledges it's like the worst game. It was, it was a response. They were not ready for Devil May Cry's success, and they had to, they they basically rushed out this the sequel, which I don't even think it was supposed to be a Devil May Cry game. So three is three is great, four is great. It's two is the misstep of the series. So that's I would just because I was actually thinking about pre-ordering three and just buying one, and that okay. was just because yes, I had never played two. Uh, so I was like. Well, I don't really have the nostalgia for this game. I don't know. Maybe after after I finish one, I'll want to play it. But I don't know. I just kind of want Devil May Cry one again, and then like pre order three because you know I, I I don't know like just basically to get the discount and uh, yeah. So that was uh, I was I was thinking about skipping two anyway. So that's a really good recommendation. Thank you for for backing up my uh, my my thoughts. 
Um, you are welcome, sir. And actually, I just got Call of Duty um, um, in the mail from Gamefly. I played essentially the first level of it. Um, before I could play it, though, there was an 85 gigabyte uh, patch. What? Be prepared, my friend. Be prepared. Yes. I don't know if it was uh, the like 4K assets. I don't know what was driving that or if it's like new modes or something like that they brought out since it launched. But I saw that, but it wouldn't even let me play it without that how big is that game in general i have to look this up now it's it's i remember this game was supposed to be like 100 gigabytes or something when it launched or something like that but that's kind of crazy so just be prepared if you get it um i don't know i don't even know if you can i wish what i could what you could do was pre-install all the updates before you get a game well that's one of the things that uh didn't they say coming to the next generation you can pick and choose which parts of the game you can uh you can install and you know if you just want to play multiplayer you can install that first and let the other stuff load later so that's that's going to be very uh a very welcome addition yeah because quite honestly i was probably just going to play the single player although i heard the new mode that's two versus two sounds like it's a lot of fun so we'll see how that goes um but yeah so i just played a little bit it's beautiful it's a really beautiful game uh so thank you 4k assets i guess (laughs) um and uh but it's it's great it just feels like call of duty uh doing what it does really well in a single player campaign i've played it for maybe like a uh, 30 minutes so that probably means i have an hour left because those campaigns are super short (laughs) but it's cool it's fun i like it logan was watching me play and he asked me if i could if he could play and i'm like "Eh, it's mature there's some themes in this that i heard not exactly great for kids so he will not be playing it but he watched me play a little bit just to just the uh, intro levels so uh but that's about all i can say right now i'll be playing more um and i will focus on this game as my next game i will be working through so if you get it too we can compare notes absolutely Um, yeah i I might pick that up uh and i just looked it up um xbox one store is confirming the approximate size of the game is 138.66 gigabytes (laughs) holy crap ouch my data cap wow that's a big game it is a big game and depending if you have a data cap yeah if you have a data cap i mean that could be like maybe a quarter of your internet for the month yeah yeah so uh yeah, get that on physical if you're worried. But even with that patch, oh yeah, you're with not physical, Mark? that much. Yeah, with physical, I put it in. It's still got to install on your hard drive, and then it downloads. So it's yeah, yeah. The disc is a the disc is a myth, really, at this point. Re- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, uh, the other game I finally beat was Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I enjoyed the game a lot, but my biggest criticism with this game was the fact that it wasn't paced well. I felt like the game finally picked up when I felt like I was almost halfway through or three quarters mm-hmm. of the way through. Um, I'd say closer story, to three quarters, yeah. Yeah, the story, uh, an additional character that seemed kind of cool didn't join you until almost the last mission. Yep. Um, and the emergence of another character who my son spoiled for me, thanks, son, because mm-hmm. he beat it first, um, was awesome as well. <laughs> Um, yep. 
but I do how they left it open ended. I like the fact that you got the dual bladed lightsaber, the fact that you mm-hmm. can separate and use it as attack. I really enjoyed the flexibility of your weapons. I didn't get all of the Jedi powers because Logan told me the, the the actual lightsaber throw wasn't really worth it. I'm like, okay, I'll take what you mm-hmm. say because it's like three three power ups or three skill right. points. So um, yeah, but I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see next. And I hope. What they do next. Also, if you find things, it's not all just cosmetics. I want to find cool stuff. I don't want another uh, poncho or color of poncho (laughs) or color of my ship. That's kind of like felt me like eh, not really worth it. Yeah, the ponchos I thought were were kind of a weird choice because the original costume was was so cool and didn't cover basically your whole body up with a poncho. And I thought it was cool being able to see, you know, as he got uh, the the rebreather, the whatever you call it, when you can breathe underwater, like that attached to his back. But when you covered it with a poncho, you couldn't really see these additional things being added to your character. So it kind of took away and and caused some weird, weird things that way. So I'll, I'll definitely agree on the the poncho things. I and I I've heard a lot of people complain about the. Uh, basically the the cosmetic upgrades and the things that you find and i really enjoyed them but i think it may have been specifically because all of the lightsaber pieces were pieces from galaxy's edge so if you've gone and built your own lightsaber in disney world or disneyland then the pieces you're finding in the game are pieces that you're familiar with so i could kind of recreate my own personal lightsaber in this game but if you haven't done that most likely you don't really care. You know, you're just, you're upgrading a lightsaber and adding these pieces that don't have any personal meaning to you. So you're like, okay, well the lightsaber that you start with is kind of cool looking. So why do I care if I can modify it a bit with these weird looking pieces? Uh, So it's, yeah, I I never really thought about that because I was just going through and being like, oh my god, I really want to find the elemental nature uh, emitter, or I really want to find this or that. And I was loving that aspect of it, and it wasn't until I stepped back and was like, oh right, like out of the amount of people that are playing this game, there's probably a very small number who have done the lightsaber building in Galaxy's Edge, and it's probably not as special for those people. It's, so it's probably like I'm thinking of, oh, who cares? It's another poncho. Like if you extend that to the entire collectible thing in the game, then yeah, the collectibles are kind of tedious and annoying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think as a sequel, then they'll say maybe uh, what you can do with your lightsaber isn't just cosmetics, but it's also giving them extra features. And it's like a, a buff and a debuff. So if you do this, it's going to do less of this or or um, maybe it has different features, um, maybe a lightsaber nunchuck combination just made that up sorry but but you know just get crazy and wacky with it why not um because that would be cool that's just my yeah thought. or maybe uh, like a lightsaber pole or something where it's a long pole but it has a lightsaber at the end so you have longer reach i don't know yeah the lightsaber pikes uh basically from the uh, jedi temple guard uh yeah. we see those um yeah, there's a lot of different stuff that they could do with uh, with the lightsabers for sure. Uh, spinning lightsabers like the uh, the Inquisitors had. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with lightsabers that that can have those kind of trade offs. And and in a game like this, you know, one might be slower to swing. And and that's one thing that I found that they didn't do well in this game was 
uh, and I think I mentioned this to you once you got the double-bladed lightsaber, was uh, they don't tell you explicitly in the game, but the double-bladed saber is not as powerful as the single blade. It's made more for crowd control when there's a big crowd. It's it's a little faster, but not as powerful. So switch back to the single blade if you're really trying to do some damage. And they, they don't explicitly tell you that in the game, which I thought was kind of weird. Um but uh, speaking of lightsabers, if you're new to this game or, or still playing through it, there's apparently a patch that up, uh, opens up the pre-order bonuses so you can now get your orange lightsaber blade that I had to pre-order the game to get. That is awesome. I mean, it gives you another reason to come back if you really love the game and wanted to get all those extra things. So yeah. this is, and it's perfect because it doesn't, it, the people that pre-order it, you know, yeah, they're going to say, well, why should they get it? I mean, it's it's not about that. You got it first. You got to enjoy it. Yep. It's great that you don't lock behind that behind money or something else either because people are going to continue to buy this game later on. Yeah, I, as someone who pre-ordered the game and was uh, happy to get the extra features and all that kind of stuff, um, I I literally don't care that it's unlocked for everyone. I just want people to enjoy this game and try it out. And if uh, those pre-order bonuses are, are what entices someone to pick up the game and experience it now, because I still think it's a fantastic Star Wars story, even though it does definitely pick up in the last uh, the last quarter or the last third of the game. Um, I want people to experience this. So if an orange lightsaber is the thing that entices you, uh, go crazy. It's unlocked now. Absolutely. Uh, last thing, and I, I won't go too long into it this week because I think there's more to talk about this. Uh, and we are talking about having a special guest in a few weeks who can probably talk mm-hmm. more about this because he's a little bit addicted to uh, VR, and that is Oculus Quest. I got it. My son uh, really wanted this, but I told him, I don't know how much I'll use it. So if you could get half of the money, I will put the other half towards it. And he succeeded. So we have the Oculus Quest. We had to get the 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 I guess 120 gigabyte version because it was the only one available on Best Buy. We got it last week and it is a lot of fun. It's so immersive. Um, just even the setup is just, it's just a visual treat. The way they coax you into it, get you used to it is just so much fun. So you're not overwhelmed and it's so flexible. I mean, yes, this is not as powerful as the Rift or uh, the Valve Index or Vive, but it's not meant to be. But they mm. just introduced the Oculus Link, which connects this wireless VR headset to your PC that is VR capable, um, and it gives you essentially the Rift experience. So it's two mm. for the price of one. And people are saying this is kind of a death knell for Rift because what's the yeah. point of getting Rift? Um, because it's essentially the same price and does the same thing, plus it's portable. The portable nature of this is awesome, Mark. I mean, to feel like you aren't tugging at something or restricted. Now, you are restricted by the space you play in. and uh, you. But the cool part, it has this neat feature where you can actually see through it uh, through the exterior cameras. It shows you your area, and you mark with the Oculus Quest uh, touch controllers the area you will play in. So you mark basically where all of the things are, like a chair, a cat, um, (laughs) a staircase, or whatever, so you don't fall off. And if you get close to it, the barriers show up in front of you. That is so cool. It's so cool, and it remembers, and it it, it remembers the last time, oh, that's where you were, and we're going to make sure that's where you still want to be. It's got a cool part where um, a lot of the problems with VR headsets is they call it the uh, OD, the ocular ocular distance. So basically, are your eyes farther apart, or are they closer together? Um, Some do not let you adjust it. This fully lets you adjust it, so it really works for, you know, a 14-year-old kid like my son who's had smaller 
can work for a very large person. So and it, and it, the, that's a really great experience because that's been a problem with some people where um, the the OD is limited. So that was easy to do. Um, the sound's cool. So basically you don't have any headset, but the sound that's coming from it is, is adequate and works well. But you can also put on heads. You can connect a headset to it if you want to, and it's really easy to do that. Um, yeah, it works really well. I love it. And, uh, and the little uh, the Oculus Touch controllers, um, what, what I will say this what this puts this above a PlayStation VR is the actual inputs. PlayStation VR is the worst input system with the move <laughs> controllers. It's horrible. Yeah. This though makes you feel like you are actually using your fingers, all of your fingers, the way it, it detects mm. where they're at, the way you're gripping things. And it feels very natural. It's very cool. Um, I just, I just, and then also the other part that I didn't know is this utilizes Chromecast to cast what you're viewing on the screen to another screen my tv has oh. chromecast built in so you basically find a chromecast device that's showing up and you just cast it to it so i can see when my son is playing beat saber or something like that um it's so that's cool, cool. I, I love hmm. it and uh the oculus link does work i didn't think it was going to work with my uh pc because my pc is not on the actual official supported although it's listed as something that potentially could work eventually. It's a laptop uh, 1060 uh, GTX. So it's one of those, but it works. So I, I love it. It worked. We tried with Steam VR. We tried it with other things. Wow. Uh, my son was playing Minecraft within it. So oh, that's cool. It was neat. And uh, my friend is coming over tomorrow with his young son, um, and he is so excited to check this out. So I uh, can't wait to try it. Uh, warning, they do not want anyone on younger than the age of 13 using this. So buyer beware. Um, but as long as I would say a parent is approving it for their child, it is what it is. <laughs> so, so I told him, my friend that I said, if you want to on try it, it's fine, but you have to allow him. I'm not going to um, just give it to him. So right. other than that, I mean, um, I, I just, I just cannot say enough cool things about it. I'll talk about the games another day. But okay. I will say the the fact that this came with Vader Immortal Mark for free, yes. Seeing Darth Vader like two feet away from me and looking up <laughs> is awesome, and I can't wait to see what this looks like with Oculus Link with the upgraded yeah. graphic experience and fidelity. Because people have said it will blow your mind, and they do a lot of without link, with link, without link, with link, just to see the difference. And I, I can't wait okay. to see it either because, um, yes, it, it, the graph. I would say the graphics feel like it's closer to like an Xbox 360 game than it is a 4K high fidelity experience, and that's just because it is what it is, and I'm acceptance of that. Right. But with the Oculus Link, though, that's going to take a lot of that heavy lifting away. That is so cool. I can't wait to hear more about this. Yeah, and and I don't know if I can capture anything. Obviously, I sent a video of my son playing it, but mm -hmm. watching anyone do VR from just ex, you know not knowing what they're doing, but seeing them do it, <laughs> you just look dumb. You just look dumb. But yep, for it's, sure, it's, it's, it's it's really cool. Yeah, so we'll talk about that more about that later. But uh, we need to now pivot to the news, Mark. We've got a news flash. First story, though, this is really exciting. Um, this one blew my mind actually. This is should be very important to you. Um, Canadian hero. Doug Flutie has a video game football game. Fantastic. Did you know about this? I did not. No. Uh, Doug, before, before you sent me this, I had no idea that Doug Flutie's maximum football 
2019 championship edition was a thing. So that is, uh, that's something Madden. Watch out. Flutie's <laughs> coming 20, for you. It's $20 Mark. So this is a high end product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it definitely, definitely not a, a Bergen bin football challenger. This is, uh, there's some quality stuff. Woo. It's by maximum games. Uh, you trust maximum games for their quality experiences. So, uh, folks watch out for that. <laughs> so yeah, sounds, uh, sounds really fun. I guess they couldn't get the CFL license. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next Maybe year. They'll, next they'll time. prove, they'll prove themselves this year. And next year it'll be Doug Flutie's CFL spectacular. Ooh, 2020. I mean, in what we'll get the the best of the Rough Riders. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Are there two Rough Riders teams? Most, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. Oh man, who was joking about that recently? Um, anyway, yeah, no, I think you're right. Good thing. I mean, good times when you've got two a uh, one league with two teams of the same name. It's awesome. So, Mark, <laughs> yeah. I, I want you to. To give me your take on uh, Delay Arama uh, 2020. Oh man! Uh, well, yeah, we we didn't really see this coming, uh, but uh, this was kind of the week of delays, wasn't it? So um, we've got uh, what do we have now? So Cyberpunk is delayed. Um, Doom Eternal got a little bit delayed. They're, they're going to be launching on the same day as Animal Crossing. Uh, I think we've talked about that already. If you don't feel like hanging out with some cute animals and that kind of stuff, you can go kill everything in sight. So very, very different games there. Um, man, what else uh, has gotten delayed? Um, oh, Avengers uh, mm-hmm. just got uh, delayed as well. Um so that was supposed to be in May. All of these delays are, are being pushed back to December for uh, for Cyberpunk. Oh, for I thought that Avengers. was a September game. They're, they're, they're delayed until September now. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, those are... Um, yeah, so it seems like, to me, um, a, a couple of these big games that we were looking forward to playing this spring now being delayed into the fall... Uh, it, it's kind of causing this weird problem of we now know a little bit of what's going into the fall. Obviously, we'll have new console releases. Will these games kind of get a little overlooked because of the new consoles? Will this be kind of refigured into, well, these games are going to be cross-released with you know PS5, uh, Xbox Series X, or, you know, it's... It, it, opens up some questions for me that way of of how these games are being positioned and now are these games going to be a big feature on e3 whereas before they were supposed to be out before e3 uh now are you know are people going to be talking about these games again are we still going to hear about new things is this fall just going to be absolutely packed and absolutely crazy or uh or or what i don't know if, if this is a good thing or a bad thing so what what are your thoughts well, I mean, and some some releases are getting delayed a little bit. Like Final Fantasy VII just moved out about a month, so uh, took it from a March time frame when there's not really much happening down to April where there's more activity. And then we also got the uh, uh, Iron Man VR game got delayed until uh, May now. 
um, it really opens the calendar up for games that probably were going to be, you know, uh, sacrificed to now get some more attention this, you know, in the Feb through May time frame. But it kind of shifts everything to the the fall now. Cyberpunk is is a huge game. Yeah. What is that going to mean to the games that ha- have yet to be announced that were coming this fall? And it's like, oops, sorry. Um, you might uh, now have to move out into once again, uh, you know, twenty, you know, January twenty twenty one, which is just mm-hmm. it's a cascading effect, right? Um, so in a lot of ways, it makes me sad, but. It's a good decision if it's to fix these games. Um, right. Quite honestly, I think Avengers, people weren't... It doesn't exactly have the greatest uh, groundswell uh, for it right now because I think a lot of people are nervous about it. Um, coming out when it's coming out potentially could give it more attention. Don't know. Could mm-hmm. make it a better game. Um, but to your point, with new systems coming out, do we just wait? Do we wait until it's on... The better version is on... Uh, these new systems we're going to get in the fall, um, knowing that forward compatibility is going to be a thing for first-party games for the most part. We don't know the tactic third-party games will have on those systems. We don't necessarily know that um, the new systems will actually play all of these games that are being released uh, just a couple months before or sometime in this year. It may be a scenario where only first party can. Um, and the third party's like, no, we haven't optimized these games yet for the future. They will eventually mm-hmm. get re- repackaged or re-released or given a patch. But yeah, it makes me, makes me wonder. And maybe we'll know more. Well, I mean, E3, I think, is going to be the big time when we hear how these will be handled um, on the next gen. Or maybe we don't. I don't know. That's the worrying, right? Yeah, that's that's it, right? We've we've heard about these for the last couple of E3s and we thought it was done. We thought the conversation was over and the next thing was the game's release. So now that they're being pushed back, is this more opportunity to say, here's why we delayed this. Uh, here's why we've put these back and here's what we're going to be talking about, a little bit of updates, but also here's what's coming next for, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know... What does E3 look like this year? Is it going to be a rehash of last year's E3 and an explanation of delays? Or is it going to be focusing on the future and kind of leaving these games a little bit in the dust? Either way, it's it's a, a weird kind of proposition and it's a weird kind of problem to be faced with going into a new generation. So it's definitely going to be an interesting year. Yeah, and if you've... If you had planned to spend your gaming money on these games now, mm-hmm. and then E3 happens and all of the new shiny things you didn't know were coming are coming there, could these mm-hmm. games miss out? Because now I'm going to save my money for uh, the potential Assassin's Creed game. Could I get you know on the new Call of Duty game that's coming out, or any of the new next gen yep. titles? Where you're like, I didn't know that existed, but I'm going to buy that. And these games could well, that's be, uh, that- yeah. Yeah, at that time of year, you're you're crunching down for holiday spending, and with a new console on the horizon, a lot of gamers are going to be saving their money. Where you know, if this game came out in, let's say, March or May or whatever, uh, that you know, you you can come up with money that at that time of year. But uh, most people, I know, I'm pretty bad for this if if 
you know, I have money saved up for something and it gets delayed or I end up not getting it. It's not like I put that money away. I'm going to find something else to spend it on. So with these games being delayed, people have the, that money at that point saved up for the holidays, saved up for a new console. Like you said, saved up for a shiny new game that takes advantage of the new console that they just spent hundreds of dollars on. Are these games going to get uh, a little bit left behind? So it's, um, yeah, I mean, the fall, the falls, it's got to be a scary time for these developers. And, and you did mention, you know, the backwards compatibility. So I, that might, save it a bit but again if you're looking at something that's released for xbox one or xbox series x and the xbox one yeah that that game definitely works without anything you know it's just just put it in and it works it's all good uh versus a game specifically made for the series x i'm I'm gonna go with the one that shows off my new hardware i want that experience so um yeah it's it's uh it's troubling it's different for sure yeah, one thing this did make it easier to schedule out, map out my games I'll be playing at least through June is I don't have to focus and choose as much as I was thinking I was going to have to. Now I've mm-hmm. essentially got a game a month, I can, or maybe two games a month I can focus on, which is even better. So um, yeah. that makes me feel better. I don't feel like I'm pressured to miss out something cool because I've got to play something else. So that makes me happy. And That's sad. good. Yeah, that, there, there are definitely there are definitely some upsides to games getting delayed, and I know I've been a little bit worried up until this point. But yeah, games being delayed just means that the developers see a problem, and if it's a big delay like this, it means a couple of things. So one, they've noticed a few problems. They don't want to release it as a broken experience. People are learning not to rush games out because that never works. Uh, it also means, hopefully that the teams building these games are not experiencing crunch. They're not saying, well, it doesn't matter. You have to work 18 hour days without weekends and never see your families again in order to get this game out by May. Uh, no, screw it. We're delaying it until September. And that's like, these are big delays, right? So it's not, uh, it's not something that any company is going to look at lightly. So those kind of business decisions, I think are pretty good from a mature industry standpoint and a zero crunch time or mitigated crunch time kind of standpoint. So they are good things. And let's be honest, at least for cyberpunk, people are pretty exciting, excited about that game. Uh, the Witcher set a ton of precedents for what that studio can do. And I don't think anyone's going to be skipping that game specifically, for any single reason. The the one I'm curious about is Avengers because that's been lukewarm so far. The design standpoint, the animations, the just all over the place. That game kind of has had a little bit of critical reception problems. So I'm wondering if the delay will fix that or if it's just going to delay the inevitable. We'll see. But uh, I don't think anything's really going to knock Cyberpunk. It's It's going to be breathtaking. No, the only thing that the Avengers loses uh, by launching what it is now is Black Widow was around that time frame. So now they lose that kind of tie-in with Marvel, a Marvel big event happening, which says, hey, remember remember these, these franchises that you guys love so much? Here's a game now you can finally play. But we'll see how that plays out um, because people love that franchise and they haven't been able to play as the Avengers unless you owned a Switch in the last couple of years. So yeah, we shall see. Sure. Yeah, so uh, next story, Mark, this has been gotten a lot of hubbub and I want us to take a different approach on this and that's the uh, announcement that um, 
Xbox going forward, at least for the next two years with the launch Mm -hmm. of the Series X, will be looking at their whole stable of of hardware as a way to play all of their first party, like I said, at least for the next two years. That may not be true with third party, but at least um, this is how they're uh, making sure that consumers that buy an Xbox One S today will have ga- new games to play for Microsoft for at least the next two years. Yeah, this is great news. And it's something that I think we've been talking about and and hinting about and uh, speculating about for a while. And uh, it makes perfect sense because Xboxes and, and, I mean, modern game consoles are basically PCs. So you can play on a basic PC. You can play a game with the settings turned down or you can get a souped up gaming PC and play with the settings turned up. And that's basically... Basically, the approach that Xbox seems to be taking is, you know, play this game on an Xbox Series S or an Xbox One S, sorry. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically going to be settings turned down. Play on an Xbox One X. It's going to be mid settings and play on a Series X. And that's going to be top settings uh, between all that kind of stuff. I think this is a great way to do it. If, if you just bought an Xbox One X this holiday season, you're not quite ready to jump in the Series X. You're not going to miss anything. Uh, me with a kid on the way, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to afford new consoles in the fall. We'll see. I might try to save. I might be lucky. I have no idea, but at least I'm not going to miss anything. And I know I have a year or two before I really feel that pressure if I don't jump on it right away. Yeah, I have a gaming. Um, yeah. I have a gaming PC. Yeah. I have an Xbox yep. Series or Xbox One S. So, in 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 all essence, I can continue to use uh, fully utilize Game Pass for the next two years at least without having mm-hmm. to feel like I'm going to miss out something because my PC gets outdated or my Xbox One S. So I'm I'm kind of in that mindset that um really the only reason I would update is because of really the the, the primary unique features of Series uh, X, which are the SSD for essentially reducing or eliminating load times, ray tracing, um, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, the frame rates locked in at 4K, 60 frames per second. That's really the yeah. only reason you would want to do that, and that's really the reason why a lot of people went to the Xbox One X, because they wanted the best of. That's typically the, there's always folks that want the newest, shiniest, and best. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, those people that have the Xbox One S could still play the same games. Um, so it's not a big miss. Now, the only change to this is now going forward, the developers of these games that are going to have to deal with this type of uh, uh, of strategy is they have to essentially develop for multiple sets of uh, specs. So the mm-hmm. launch Xbox One, which is different than the Xbox One S, which is different than the Xbox One X, which is different mm-hmm. than the Series X, which is different than the PC. <laughs> so you know, the PC is just like, oh, what graphics card, which motherboard, all those things. It's it's always never easy to develop for like, you know, and and quite honestly, consoles have never had to do that before. Really, they've they've always been had one set of specs. Uh, Switch played with or uh, Nintendo played with it a little bit uh, back in the day with like, was it the the change from the uh, 3DS to the new 3DS? They bumped up the. Yep. Uh, the, the the basically the frame rate and things like that where there were some exclusive games you couldn't mm-hmm. play um what the Super Nintendo games 
uh, <laughs> for some reason yeah. on the old, but you could have yeah. because you know all those the, the high tech and the Super Nintendo. But um, so the one thing that I would say <laughs> is, what do you what are your thoughts about telling consumers the type of experience they will get on whatever box they get? So essentially saying like um, PC has min specs, recommended specs, because you know mm-hmm. that means you'll only be playing at like 480p, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> a small screen, but you can still play it. Um, it's it's so maybe would you say Xbox, you know, the, the Xbox one slash s you get 720p 30 frame per seconds for hot halo infinite and so mm-hmm. on and so forth so you're not like lying and saying you're going to get a great you're going to get an awesome experience you might get a subpar experience it might be like really this is what i'm paying for um i know apple products uh will also say it only works on these platforms and you just accept the type of performance on an app but an app is different <laughs> than a yeah you know, a high-end game like Halo Infinite where it's like, that's not great. So I I don't want to be like consumers feel like, yeah, that's okay. Because essentially the Xbox One is at like one teraflops, I think, around that number. The Xbox One X is six, and then the Mm -hmm. Series X will do up to 12. I mean, that's a huge, (laughs) huge difference. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I am not a game developer by any means, but I hope that the the tools that Microsoft provides to game developers allow it so it is more PC-like, where, you know, it's it's not... It's not basically like developing three different games, you know what I mean? It's, it is more of that PC-style, uh, you know, here's a couple of buttons we can turn on. So you're developing for you know, whatever the highest tier there are, there is, uh, at the time. And you're just, you're flicking those switches of, okay, obviously, you know, there's no ray tracing, uh, the, the faster SSD. I don't think that's something you have to develop for. I think that's just something that's built into the system architecture itself. So that's going to be something that third parties don't have to worry about. But, you know, again, the, the, the locking into the frame rates and, and this and that, uh, it's, I, I'm hoping that those will be things that they can they can turn on and optimize. Um, you mentioned iOS games. Uh, I noticed this week that Fortnite just got 120 frames per second mode on the iPad Pro to take Woo-hoo. advantage of their super fast uh, refresh rate. That's something that the consoles can't even do. You know, that's that's something yeah. that that's like a higher end PC build running. So this is on iPad Pro. That's that's wildly impressive for for that kind of tablet so i'm i'm hoping that you know if you look at a basic ipad and and i think customers and consumers in general are are kind of starting to realize this like you said with with ios of you know this game's going to run like this on a basic ipad or an older iphone and if you go all the way up to this here's some of the benefits and i think it's it's up to microsoft to show videos or just like you were saying with the quest Here's a comparison. Here's what this is going to like look like on an Xbox One, an Xbox One X, and a Series X. And here's, you know, whether it's from the time you load up the game and how much quicker it loads up on the Series X to uh, frame rates, graphic fidelity. It's it's going to be up to them to show that, you know, here's three different video feeds and you're noticing what the differences are. And, and they can highlight that in a few different ways, but I think it's it's going to be up to them to sell it and hopefully it's going to be very easy for the third party developers to take advantage of basically the groundwork that Microsoft has laid out. 
Yeah, and I think what they could do, they could do a tiered approach, and they they do have to be careful with their marketing. Very, you know, they don't want to trick consumers saying, you know, oh yeah, you can play anything, but your experience can be horrible. So they have to be a very way to say, um, it, it's they're talking about maybe the value and talk about yeah, you get into performance, but there's if you want this type of performance, we recommend this type of box. If you just want a right. consumer friendly, lower 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 cost entry to give your family a wide variety of games that can still play and they can get into it and when they when they're ready for the next jump, it's there. Mm-hmm. And those games will yeah. come with them. I think that's a way to do it. Um, and maybe they say maybe in two years, Yes, the uh, support for Xbox One and One S are on the way, but Xbox Series One X still capable box and can still play these games for maybe three more years or whatever, um, mm. and go with that because yeah. I think the with the X only launching three years ago, mm-hmm. I think that would be more heartburn about that system feeling like it goes away versus you know a system that's seven years old. Yeah, I could 100% see them doing that. Of you know, okay, this game will no longer work on an Xbox One or an Xbox One S, but it will work on the Xbox One X and the Series X. I could see them cutting off that lower tier, just like saying, you know, this <clears throat> this game or this thing, this app won't work on an iPhone 5, but it will work on a 5S. Uh, you know, I can see them starting to slowly cut off consoles that way as they keep moving on. So it's... Uh, and, of course, then we have xCloud throwing a massive wrench into this. And I think uh, xCloud testing just opened up in Canada. So any uh, Canadian people with uh, an Android device, sadly, I'm not one of them. I, I'm tempted to go out and get some kind of cheap Android device just to see if I can do this. But uh, yeah, the, apparently it's it's opening up in Canada or it has already opened up. So, uh, so as they keep expanding that, this console line is going to be even more muddied of, you know, well, this can run this natively or if you use this as an x cloud device it can maybe do a little bit more because it's based on the cloud so it's the future is is very interesting with microsoft because it's uh they're coming at it from so many different angles and it's going to be less important of what type of box or device you have and and more what kind of service you have to get these games it's it's a very interesting ecosystem yeah, definitely. Uh, that does streaming definitely uh, takes away the pressure of keeping up with the Joneses. It basically says you will get your experience is only limited by your data plan. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. my uh, my Xbox One X can uh, can do stuff with X Cloud that kind of extends the life for another you know year or two or whatever uh, that w- I'm I'm gonna see about the Series X. It's it's gonna be an interesting thing, especially like I said with with a kid on the way. It's it's one of those decisions that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really going to think hard about. Yeah, I think there's more discussions we'll have about that in the future because it's a it's a it's a change in the industry that I'm excited mm-hmm. about. I just hope it's not going to be con- con- too confusing um, or um, limiting of what the games can give us because they're trying to support old hardware. But moving on yeah. to um, something that is definitely another change that uh, Sony is not coming to E3. Um, this is their second no show. And I think if Sony doesn't come for the, the launch of their next hardware system, I think this just means that they aren't ever coming back. Why would they need to? <laughs> Unless they totally <laughs> F it up and they're like, we, we, they admit the error of their ways and they, they, they fail to get past the Sony bravado of the PS3. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this affects uh, the PS five console launch versus Xbox. I mean, this is, this is essentially Xbox's E3 to lose really. I mean, they're going to be losing to themselves if they screw this up. Uh, But you know, Sony stepping back uh, if, Depending on when they make some announcements, this is Microsoft's opportunity to come up on stage and completely reverse how the last uh, the last console announcements went. You know, if Sony announces their price and this and that, like before E3, Microsoft can come up and say, yeah, we're matching that or we're beating that. And here's how we're doing this. And here's how we're doing that. And it's a stage with so many eyes on it and so much mainstream media attention to it um it's a it's a really interesting approach from from playstation to to see you know if they can do all of this on their own and and take that nintendo direct and and owning their own platform kind of thing um to the next level it's i I don't know it's a it's a bold strategy cotton we'll see how it plays out for them for me it's it's uh it's crazy it, it kind of is, and, and if you think about it, um, Nintendo kind of really kicked this thing off because they they did everything for the Switch outside of E3. They announced right. it outside of E3 in a weird event in Japan that was odd and confusing. Um, then they had their own, and then they essentially then just continued to launch videos and talk about it, and then launched it essentially four months later. So it, they kind of were there, and, and Nintendo... Yes, they are still at E3 in a booth, but they don't have a, uh, uh, an actual uh, press conference anymore. Uh, they are recording somewhere else and just showing a video uh, where Microsoft is, does have a press conference at the actual location, but they have their presence um, actually not at the E3 campus anymore. Which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. They have their own uh, they have their own event elsewhere. So really. A lot of the big dogs aren't even actually at the um, the E3 campus. They said it's kind of like a former shell of itself. Um, and you know, EA doesn't doesn't go there anymore. Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. hasn't been there in years. Um, Take Two doesn't have a booth there. So I would say the largest players in the industry, excluding Microsoft and Nintendo, are largely gone there the the ones that really are going to be impacted by this is say the smaller studios because they mm-hmm. rely on the big dogs to bring in everybody through their booths yeah and the the way i think microsoft could really benefit from this is <clears throat> again the the mom and pops the the regular people who don't pay attention to everything in the industry but they they know what e3 is they've heard it they see it in the mainstream media and Microsoft, I'm sure, could announce this console in their own way whenever they want to. But it again, you, you said the, it's the third-party relationships. And the second that you start associating the next Call of Duty or the next big new third-party IP that's that's going to be launching on this next console generation, the second that those guys are up on the Microsoft stage, because there's no Sony stage... Um, the more that people go on the show floor and see that on an Xbox rather than a PlayStation, 
it's just going to cement that idea that the Xbox is the place to play these games. And I think that's where Sony really won out last time was, you know, you look at Call of Duty. They took that from Microsoft in the 360 era uh, and and launched kind of PS4 with the, the Call of Duty name behind them. Uh, Destiny had big uh, PlayStation tie-ins. Uh, that's one of the reasons I ended up with a PlayStation. I got the Destiny Edition PlayStation 4. Um if that mindset starts to switch and Sony just says, oh, we don't need you, we don't need anything else, we're doing our own thing, that can work for them. But they really have to come swinging with the first party stuff and and give people a reason why, which is what worked for Nintendo, right? Breath of the Wild and all the other first party stuff. And then the Switch sold and people started paying attention to it. But if Xbox launches with the third party support and, and Sony doesn't have something to counter that, that's when it starts to be... We're, you know, like, why Why did you guys skip this? Why did you give Microsoft the opportunity to steal back Call of Duty, to, to steal back the next Destiny or the next big IP, whatever it is, uh, you know, to have whatever uh, on their stage, right? Like all these third parties. It's uh, the next Assassin's Creed, whatever it is. It's, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's when it becomes like, Sony, you're just leaving this on the table. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting experience because um, Sony has said they're going to be essentially having a presence at hundreds of other areas and shows right. and things like that. So I'm curious if this is really more along the lines of and, – and they essentially could have another PlayStation um, – uh, I'm blanking on their, uh, their, their little video uh, presentations they have. PlayStation. Uh, I want to say PlayStation now, but I know that's not right. Uh, let's just call it PlayStation Direct and have someone scream sure. into their perfect uh, speakers. Yes, and PlayStation uh, Direct. Yeah, yes. <laughs> someone that. is screeching at us right now. I yes. know it. Yes, and and I I don't know. This is a weird one for Sony because they have a lot to lose, a lot to uh to win if they get this right. Um, I think all of the rumors out there about what Xbox is going to do, um, they're, they're obviously got the mind share right now with Game Pass and uh, what's going to happen with uh, their their box. They're the leader right now in uh, the hardware with Xbox One X in regards to performance. Um, there's rumors that Xbox One X or Series X will be uh, very premium, but there will be maybe another option. Uh, but it might not be launched with this box because the Xbox One X and the One S essentially act as that entry level. So maybe they, maybe that's where people are getting thrown off. But maybe we get another box later. Who knows? Um, where Sony, we haven't heard that they'll take that approach. That it may just be a uh, a mid tier box that is below, but maybe less price less. But maybe Sony's doing this because they're like they want to have Xbox lay all their cards on the table. So when they do say something. They don't get one-upped. Um, you know, Sony is always, like, they. that's why Sony did the video of, this is how you share games on PlayStation. <laughs> yep. They had the yeah, price. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm wondering is, it, you know, depending on when Sony makes their announcements, do they want to lead the pack and, and jump on things before? Uh, state of play. Is that what we were trying to think? Yes, is that, that is the state yes, of play. Yes, okay, there we go. State of play. Are they yes. going to do a state of play before E3 and say, here are all our cards, Microsoft, it's your move, or are they going to wait? And and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tough 
business decision because do you want to be the first out of the gate and own that news cycle for a second or to be do you want to be playing catch up if E3 goes first so it's uh it's it's definitely not an easy decision I would not want to be in the Sony executive shoes and right now they're at a bit of an executive turmoil point so it's uh man it's it's gotta be a pretty trying time over at PlayStation right now yeah, and they've been very quiet, so we're hoping when they finally do come out, they are going to be uh, have a strong message that is very clear and understanding of what they're going to do. And I've heard rumors that uh, February is the timing of something happening. Um, they do have a Sony studio. They have a Sony theater in New York, and that's where they could have their own event and definitely uh, invite, invite press and make it a standalone event where all eyes are on Sony rather than uh, one of the things with E3 is you've got a million people talking about a million different things, and the next thing is always gets remembered rather than the last thing, um, yep. except for maybe the bombshell. So there's some things about having more news frequently than just all at once, but we shall see. We're in a change. Um, maybe E3 will turn into a uh, fan expo with maybe a couple days mm-hmm. of business, kind of like Gamescom. Uh, maybe... It doesn't. It maybe doesn't need to exist anymore. Maybe packs and those type of shows become like mini E3s. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities to do different things rather than what we've been doing for the last 20 years. Absolutely. The industry's changed and it's going to keep on changing. So we'll see what E3 looks like in a couple of years, if it looks like anything at all. Yeah, time check, Mark. Do you want to save this uh, Alien War story for another day? Yeah, sure. Let's okay. Let's put that on the back burner. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. I will put this underneath but we will move on to the bonus round let me put this down here so when i make the copy of another show i'll just have this on for next time mm-hmm. okay all right so that is the news for this week but now we want to talk about um it's actually a, a carryover from news to a topic and that is all about smash bros uh they just had mm-hmm. their most recent direct uh, 35 minutes long talking about the newest character and some of the changes coming to Smash. I kind of watched the uh, two-minute summary <laughs> versus the 35-minute direct. Uh, my son right. had already watched it, and he didn't want to spoil it for me. I was totally confused because when people were talking about this aftermath, I really thought someone else was the new character. Um, I got fooled, though by a me costume so mark what what uh, was the summary of the uh smash brothers event only uh the final smash brothers uh character for the the five dlc characters from pack one was finally released uh the character is byleth from fire emblem three houses uh you can choose male or female byleth and uh, they come with a few different weapons, but I'll, basically, <laughs> a lot of people, myself included, are kind of like, really, another Fire Emblem character. Now I know some people who are Fire Emblem fans are very excited. My cousin was one of them. Said it looks very cool, and it's not just another basic sword fighter, which is really really neat. And they even made fun of that in the video itself. So uh, they're very much aware. And honestly, they've given us four incredibly interesting and unexpected characters banjo kazooie my personal favorite one from this bunch but uh you know what if they want to throw in a fire emblem character i think they've earned that right uh, at this point so yeah 
Um, that's, you know, that's basically my, my thoughts on that. And, you know, Byleth might end up being really, really cool. I, I didn't know who Mirth was before he joined, uh, Smash Brothers. And now he's one of my favorite characters to play as. So Byleth could be a new favorite for me. Who knows? We'll see. Looked pretty cool in the, uh, the demo. Um, so then they did. I'm curious which I'm guessing it's going to be one of the the me fighter characters. So the me fighter characters for anyone not familiar with Smash Brothers is you can basically make a me look like whatever you want. You can make it look like yourself or any person thing, whatever. Uh, but in Smash Brothers, they come with uh, costumes, basically. So you can get costumes from various different games from a lot of Nintendo stuff. And uh, they've been putting in third parties all throughout the release of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. We got some new ones. Uh, Todd, do you want to talk about a couple of the new ones or which one fooled you? And then we'll go. Sure, sure. Uh, So yeah, when people were talking about this release, I didn't get to watch it. So I had no context to what was happening. And I looked and I see Cuphead. And I'm like, holy cow, he is the new Smash Fighter. That is so awesome. (laughs) I love it because... Um, to your point, the me fighter packs and the costumes, they typically still look like a me. Um, but in this yes. case, Cuphead does not look like a me. He looks like Cuphead. No. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah. So the other ones, a uh, couple of Mega Man costumes, Altair from uh, from Assassin's Creed, which I, I was a big fan of. Um, like you said, and, and the Rabbids characters. But like you said, most of them look like... Do they fart, uh, Mark? Do they do something weird? Do they take selfies? What's their ability? No, they don't seem to do anything weird. It's it, it, Actually, I don't even think it's a full costume for the Rabbids. I think it's um, just a, a, a hat, a, a mask, yeah, that goes over the head of the uh, the me character. So it's not even a full suit for them, which is slightly disappointing. But um, yeah, Cuphead looks legit like Cuphead, which is crazy. Um, it's a, for the gunner me. So there are three type of me's, a brawler, which uses his fists, uh, a sword fighter that obviously uses a sword and a gunner that, that uses guns to fight. Uh, so the, the cuphead one is specifically for the gunners. Um, and, uh, looks really cool and comes with a song, which most of the me fighters do not come with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think uh, this is is I mean, I like this aspect of it. The uh, Fire Emblem character, it may surprise me and just like a lot of the other characters that were in this pack that, you know, I didn't think I'd like Terry Bogard, but he's kind of fun mm-hmm. to play with. The character from um, uh, oh, uh, Dragon Quest. He's pretty cool right. as well. Hero. So yeah. maybe this character will be awesome. I don't know. It just I think the it feels like uh, it seems like Fire uh, Emblem has been come, become this really ridiculously like overwhelming uh, product from Nintendo that I feel like a lot of people that aren't, aren't into Fire Emblem are kind of feel like, do you hate other franchises in Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's always one of those shocking things because I, I'm not really into the series myself, but then when you hear how much the mobile Fire Emblem game made and hear how much the sales are and see how popular the characters are in smash it's like wow this is a segment that i'm just missing and and maybe it's it's something like uh dota or league of legends that just because i don't pay attention to it doesn't mean that there aren't like a billion people who play and watch those games and crazy esports tournaments and and celebrity 
esports players that I just don't know of because I'm not in that kind of thing. It's it's not quite the same with Fire Emblem because it's still a Nintendo franchise, but but that's kind of how I feel sometimes of like, oh, this is a, a an immensely popular character that I have no idea about. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, you know it is what it is. Yeah, and I think if you don't, I mean, it's twenty five bucks for the full pack of five uh, that have yeah. already you know come out before this comes out. I think at the end of the month uh, that wraps up the whole pack. I think it's six bucks each if you buy them separately, which we did for some reason. My son's so in. He's so impatient, he just buys them when they come out rather than buy the pack. So, uh, But yeah, so this will wrap this up. But we are getting another uh, character pack of six yes. uh, coming. And I said for the next two years, is this gonna six? Is this next pack going to cover the next two years, or is it only another 12 months? No, no. It, uh, all Challenger packs will be released by December 31st, 2021. Okay, so this is essentially two years. Almost Crazy. two years. Full years, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you pre-order this one, so this may sell your son on it, you get a Breath of the Wild ancient soldier outfit for again a me character. Um, but I'm kind of curious. We we're getting six new characters. What are your top choices for six characters that you'd like to see in Challenger Pack Two? Excellent. Okay. Um, let's go from our bottom, Mark. We'll go with number six. Uh, do you have one for us? Uh, see, I didn't sort mine in any specific order, but I, I will start at the, the bottom of my list. Again, in no particular order, Ratchet and Clank. I think uh, PlayStation exclusive. I think uh, PlayStation needs a little bit of love. Nintendo and Microsoft have been getting along so well. I'd love to see Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I could have put like Jack and Daxter on this. Uh, very, in my mind, interchangeable. I was just trying to find a PlayStation exclusive character to to fit into this i went with ratchet and clank because they've had a game more recently i believe um and for me they just they were the first ones to come out but jack and daxter i'd be just as happy with uh but ratchet and clank for me number six Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so I'm going to start off with an obvious one, but I, I just still think it makes perfect sense. That is Dante from Devil May Cry. Uh, you can obviously nice. have a, you know, what, what is it, the uh, mirror fighter or whatever that looks like him. He can be um, uh, Virgil. If you want, mm-hmm. it played it yep. plays where he's you know he uses weapons, he uses uh, firearms, he uses weapons. He has an alternate mode. That, you know his smash would be fantastic. Um, I mm-hmm. think Dante's a perfect fit, and those games have been on Nintendo, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know what? I'm going to change this one because I had something written down, and I'm looking at my GameCube game collection, and instantly changing my mind. Uh, so I'm. I'm going to I'm going to slightly cheat a little bit by telling you what I did have for number 5 which was Ring Fit Adventure Person. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Cuz I think Nintendo would do that. I think it's going to be another one of those no we want a third party character, we want someone else from something else um like the person I'm actually going to go with. But I I could see them going with Ring Fit Adventure, but I would prefer them to go with Beautiful Joe cuz I'm looking at Beautiful Joe right now in my GameCube collection. Uh so Beautiful Joe for me would be amazing. That's number my five. number one, Mark. So spoilers, oh, but I taste. totally agree. I totally agree. Are. He is so awesome. And Capcom had such a unique relationship. What was it? The Capcom Four, the Capcom Five, or whatever. All those games that were coming to GameCube. We're gonna save the GameCube. And and Beautiful yep. Joe was such a cool series. And it's owned by, is it owned by Capcom or is it owned by like that studio that Capcom was running through? Maybe who knows? Oh, but bring it back. Yeah. Yep. Hundred um, percent. 
Okay, well, if that's your number one, I'll stick with Rings of Adventure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. So what else do you have on your list? Yeah. Um, you know, this is it's not a series I love, but it just seems like it's a big missed opportunity, um, especially when I think maybe a sequel will get will get made um this on this uh generation of Switch, and that's ARMS. I mean, I don't know which ARMS person, but an ARMS person makes a lot of sense because it's a fighting character the way the arms move a lot of their power-ups and everything just would play out i think it's i mean those characters I, the only thing i didn't like was playing the game but i think everything else about it i thought was really cool yeah yeah you know what i'll, I'll throw out uh, ribbon girl for pick for this one just because i think we need more girls in smash uh but you know it could be ribbon girl and Springman that just like you know it's just a, a palette swap like you said but i love that idea yeah it's 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 about time and i think if they really i mean it, it sold it well enough that i think they they could uh bring out another game to to really highlight because they didn't do any dlc they, they they i think there's maybe an opportunity to give that game some more uh life and make some changes to it absolutely yep for sure uh next one on my list Funny enough, you kind of hinted at this earlier, taking selfies. I have Rabid Peach. <laughs> oh my goodness. Specifically Rabid Peach. The other ones, you can you know, Rabid Mario, Rabid Yoshi, whatever, leave them there. Rabid Peach had so much personality. She was so wacky. She stood out as a highlight of that game for me just because she was just this narcissistic selfie taking nut bar that like, Oh man, I don't know. She was so funny. It, it just, I, I want to see that in smash brothers. I want to see their take on her final smash and moveset and everything else. But uh rabid peach for me is, is my next choice. Number four. When you say it makes it sound like she is rabid and she needs to get like, is that, is that the problem? <laughs> they all have rabies. Is that why they're so crazy? Mark? could be it could be i think you might have just solved that series uh what's going on with all those so it's really a horror story like cujo yeah 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 Yeah. that's it that's it what's uh Uh, what's number four my number four is going way back but i think this game really needs a retake on it and i think this could be the way you do that and that's king award from super mario brothers 2 or doki dodaki panic yes I mean, he's right. a big, he's a big bad. He does yep. kind of look like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the, uh, the, the villain from, uh, uh, Donkey Kong. King, King K. Rool, yeah. He does kind of look like it. Maybe it was, that was a, uh, a, you know, maybe an influence, but I think mm. it would be awesome. I really loved Super Mario Brothers 2, all the things it brought to the table. And I could, I mean, maybe it's then, oh, we've got a pack for uh, Mario Maker with the Super Mario Brothers 2 aesthetic. Yeah, I, I love that. I love, uh, especially where they have seemed to go way back in gaming history for a decent amount of these game characters so far uh, for the, for the from pack one. I could see them doing something wacky like that and and taking something way out of left field i I like that idea perfect what's your number three number three is uh no surprise to anyone that listens to this show but i'm gonna say Fortnite. uh so again not sure which character maybe it's a few different ones like hero where each different color is basically a different take on on the the character uh but basically, yeah, you could pick even some of the, the generic ones that, like, if you don't buy a skin, you still get a few of these characters. Uh, or you could get 
a few of the more premium skin looking characters, but uh, I think it could be a cool moveset with a pickaxe and a couple of different guns and a, a few different weapons like that from the game. And I think it's, it's very recognizable, uh, especially, you know, with modern gaming, how it is. So I think that'd be a cool addition. Wow. You know, Mark, you could have just taken up a notch and just say it's ninja. <laughs> you got a skin, yes. right? He, yes, uh, yeah, the ton of ninja skins. I was playing some Fortnite last night, and there were an overwhelming amount of ninja skins running around. So I, uh, I shot ninja in the face a few hundred times last night. <laughs> <laughs> and that, as most people should, he deserves it. No, just kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah. It felt weird uh, shooting a real person. Like before, you know, they've had, I guess, you know, we've had Batman and and uh, Star-Lord, Black Widow, uh, even Marshmallow. And you know they're kind of, you know, real people or you can picture people who have played those characters and stuff like that. But uh, when it's when it's uh, a real person and it's Ninja running at you and, you you know, you shotgun him in the face, it's like, uh, okay, cool. I just, just murdered a real dude that I, I've, you know, watched on Mixer. That's, uh, it, it kind of feels strange. Well, at least you probably felt bad, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, there you go. Then that's better. Um, wow, I, wow. My next pick, I, I, I kind of got a conundrum because I realized I had another idea. Um, so maybe I'm going to use that one because I think a lot of people. Because I was going to say Resident Evil character because I think a lot of people oh, have like Leon or something. I think that could work with the guns, but he's very similar, like Snake, uh, Salt mm-hmm. Snake, in a way he uses weapons and things like that. Maybe you know his move set. But I'm going to go with a uh, pivot and this is a uh, tribute to Bobby Paul's and that is I'm going to go with King Hippo from Punch-Out. Ooh, another one from uh from Nintendo's past. I love that. Nobody I mean except for little Mac, that's it. Yep. I mean, we need more racist uh fighting characters. <laughs> <laughs> like pizza pasta from N- Nap- Napoli, Italy. Come on, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I love that. What was what was your other choice? What were you going to change it to? It was I mean, gonna be, it was going to be Leon from Resident Evil because I love him. Oh right, yes. you know he does Leon. those like weird suplexes. Plus he does you know uh, just his weapons and things like that. You know, right. okay. and then you uh, could I have. Gonna, I was going to say uh, Leon or or Claire or someone else, but okay, Leon. Yeah. Okay, good choice there for for both both picks. I think. Yeah. So sorry, two for one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my next one, uh, kind of similar actually to, uh, to picking someone from Resident Evil, but, uh, just, just with the, the guns and the moveset, I think Laura Croft, I think if you're looking for gaming mascots, uh, staples in gaming history, we've got a lot of them in smash already but uh but lara croft is is not one of them sadly and again i think we could use some more female fighters and uh, i would love to see the new style lara croft as a default but i would love to see you be able to switch to the blocky uh original look as well as a palette swap and is the her assist trophy like a big uh t-rex oh yeah definitely yeah. Uh, and there has not been a Tomb Raider game on Switch yet, so that would be the perfect time to bring out like the the Lara Croft collection of the most recent games, because I think you could pair those down to play on Switch and people would love those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that'd be great. So uh, that leads us into my number two, which is it kind of ties into my number one, which was Vito Joe. My number two though was Wonderful 101. Um, this is a series of characters that just 
are like Power Rangers that are weird and wacky, and there's so many of them. Uh, the interface with that game, uh, and and Viola Joe feels like part of that universe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that that game was, I think, a really overlooked uh, game on Wii U. The Wii U port to Switch with these characters would be perfect. I agree. I agree. That's a fantastic choice, and and I would love to see that game show up on Switch in some capacity. But uh, I'd, I'd also love to see, yeah, Wonderful 101, I think, could be a really interesting fighter. Um, and could be something kind of similar to to Pikmin where maybe there's a few different kind of things. And then for the, you know, the one Oh one, that's the final smash or something like that. I, man, that, that, that is so cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a mix between maybe Pikmin or like the Pokemon trainer where you could swap out from a couple of different characters with different powers or different abilities. You know, one's kind of bigger and s- stronger. The other's, you know, s- smaller and faster or something. Oh, that, that, that's such a cool character with so many possibilities. Really, really cool. So I yep. am on number one right now, um, and it's a character that uh, I have a statue of over on my left right now, and I'm looking at it, and he's looking right back at me. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Adam West's Batman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just, oh. just joking. Although oh, I, man. Oh, oh, my goodness. But they did say no video. <laughs> no, they always have to be just video game characters, right? So Yes. Sadly, no they, super- they specified that. Um I do have an Adam West uh, stuffed action figure uh, next to me, but he is just next to the character that I'm actually thinking of, which is Master Chief. I think uh, it's Chief's time to join Smash. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I don't think I have to explain why or anything else. Uh, I think, uh, but I, th- I think that'd be a great addition. Again, Microsoft and Nintendo get along pretty well recently, and I think. Uh, I think Chief could bring some badassness to uh, to Smash, and you know I'm tempted to say Doom Guy or you know something. I'm, I'm also I'm looking at uh, Little Psycho Fun Pop from uh, from Borderlands um, in front of me as well. Uh, but I, I think Chief is is the uh, the best choice if you're going to go for. For you know, I'm also you know there's B.J. Blaskowitz there from from Wolfenstein. I'm just like looking around my room and seeing all these great characters. But uh, I think if you're going to f- go for a mature franchise, uh, Chief is the one to go with. I think that's a great pick. But Doom Guy, I like that as well. So I think having a, a <laughs> Space Marine representing the, uh, the 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 Smash Pack would be really fun. So mm-hmm. I think we have they've got twelve now. Well, twelve to fourteen picks uh, that they can choose from. Um, I'm assuming they will just go with those. I, I think so. I think that's pretty fair to assume that the next uh, four years, this will, you know, are, are they'll, they'll take one from each of us and make the first six, and then they'll say, okay, we've got Challenger Pack three. We're going to go with the rest of their suggestions. Um, yeah, I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, Perfect. and I was also I was super tempted uh, when I was first thinking about this. Uh, you know, who else I'd like to see in Smash leading up to the reveal that we got with Byleth. But I was I was thinking about someone from the Assassin's Creed franchise. So I'm oh, happy yeah. we got Altair as uh, as a, a me skin, but I'd love to see Ezio or or you know Edward Kenway or someone um or I was just thinking assassin or something like that again with, with swappable uh, skins. So you could pick which assassin you wanted to be. They'd all have the same kind of moveset, whatever. Um, 
But that was one of my top choices. Sadly, kind of got knocked off this list because I think it seems like when they go with a me fighter skin, that's kind of their way of saying, that's it. Okay, yep. cool. We've, we've acknowledged this character, but we're kind of moving on. Um, so sadly, I don't think we'll get a proper cuphead. Uh, I don't think we'll get a proper assassin's creed. So I, I have to settle with that, but, uh, you know, I think, I think our lists are pretty good. I think so too. So folks, if you want to tell us what your picks are for your smash, uh, smash pack two, let us know. And you can do that by, uh, telling us on Twitter at T Oxtra at the Canardian. Uh, you can also reach out to us on the Facebook group and the page. If you have uh, comments there about anything else on the show or call the hotline, eight, seven, two, 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 five, two, four, nine, six, three minutes or less. Give us your hot take an opinion or review or why you think Mark and I are the best. So folks, uh, that is it this week. Went a little bit long, but we had a lot to talk about and we cannot wait until our next show because we are going to have some really cool guests this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Co-op mode is going to be going a lot of interesting directions this year. So I cannot wait. So thank you, Mark, for being on as always. It's been a pleasure, buddy. Always fun. Yeah. Always, uh, always great to be on it. Yeah. I am. I'm really looking forward to some of the stuff we have lined up. So stay tuned. Yes. And remember, Coat Mode, it's always better to game together.